Hi, I'm Steve Goodner, and I want to be a sign of the kingdom. Junior high and high school, I really, that is one of my things I really enjoy. Uh, that is my passion. I believe that's the calling that God has given me and the gift. And I will keep doing that gift and keep doing that until it's my time. Working with youth ministry, how has that blessed my life? Uh, I see it as I'm spending more time uh, reading the Bible and praying and uh, getting ready for a lesson. And that's really helped me. And what I really like about it that's really blessed me is having my kids part of the youth. When they, when, I was grow, when they were growing up, I was their youth leader also. And we went on mission trips together. We became closer and closer uh, each year. And even my daughter has gone in to be a youth leader, which is awesome. So we do youth group here. A lot of people want to know, what does that mean to the community about Jesus? Uh, to me, I think it means the church cares about the kids, just like Jesus did. I, I, the favorite two, I have two favorite picture, pictures, and one of them is Jesus with all the kids, and they're all sitting on his lap, that is one of my visions I like, and him knocking at the door, wanting to get into your heart. And that's what we do. We spend more time and effort, I think, here at Christ Community Church on kids than we do probably anything else. And it's well worth it because that's our future, and the kids are worth every, every, every bit of it. It's priceless. Amen. The part he didn't tell you because he doesn't want to scare you away is all the, uh, all the injuries he's gotten at uh, youth group games. I've seen him walk in with casts on every part of his body. But that, we don't want to scare you away from volunteering, though, so we, we keep, that, keep that just between us. So, uh, hey, good morning. Welcome. So glad that you're at church. Uh, if you don't know me yet, my name is uh, Matt Robbins, and I'm one of the pastors here. And it's my great privilege to, to be your pastor, to be involved in your life. I'm uh, seeking to get to know you and, and um, uh, looking forward to for every opportunity for that. And I also have the great privilege of getting to study the Word of God with you. And so uh, looking forward to that as well. And we want to just greet everyone who's back home uh, watching online. So we're just grateful for your presence also. Uh, if you haven't been with us, uh, you're wondering, what, what's the deal with all the signs, Right? Uh, so each of those signs represents one of the weeks uh, in this series, and what we're doing over these 14 weeks is studying the theme of the kingdom of God as it's laid out through the pages of the New Testament. What does the kingdom of God mean? It's the thing that Jesus speaks about more than anything else, and so we're trying to understand what does it mean? We call it a tale of two kingdoms, and so if you work your way from the left to right all the way back of the U-turn sign, that was the first preaching of John the Baptist, the first preaching of Jesus in which he says, repent for the kingdom of heaven is near, the kingdom of God is near. And we sought to understand what that meant. And we spent 10 weeks in the gospel of Matthew and each symbol represents uh, one key aspect that Jesus taught about the kingdom of God. And you can go back uh, online and, and can catch up and see what that means. And we came all the way over to uh, this one back here, uh, which is the end. Jesus is talking about this, this final judgment and seeking to find people who have loved the least of these. The baby, which we did last week, this uh, finally is in, in the Gospel of John, 
uh, in which Jesus is talking to Nicodemus and talking about the need for to be born again and to have new life. Uh, this week, uh, we are looking at the kingdom now, in which we're going to spend some time in the book of Colossians, which is one of the letters. So now we've, we've moved out of the direct words of Jesus into the, the life of the early church. This week is kingdom now. Next week, we're going to be kingdom future. We're going to look at Revelation. So we're trying to understand the kingdom of God through the pages of the Bible. And we're going to see in our scripture today that Paul writes this description of we have been rescued. We have been rescued out of the dominion of darkness into the kingdom of light, into the kingdom of the sun. And so this symbol here today represents this was, this was us as we were dead in our sins, dead in our failures, just feeling lost and alone and alienated from God. And yet God had a rescue mission to send Jesus to come in and through his power and his love and his sacrifice has carried us and rescued us into a new life. Now, uh, well, the section that we're going to be studying today in Colossians 1, the beginning of the letter, uh, is a very, very encouraging letter. Uh, Paul is writing, Paul and Timothy are writing to uh, the church in Colossae that um, uh, he's, he's going to call out good things that he sees in them and then offer a prayer. And we're going to study the thanksgiving and the prayer uh, today. Uh, hopefully, uh, you got a card uh, one of these, and we're going to have a chance to use this. I'll explain in the middle. So you're going to have to find a pen in the uh, pew, and this is going to be an opportunity for us to do something in the service. If you didn't get one, uh, a little bit later we'll have um, ushers come down and just make sure that everyone's got one. You should find pens there. So keep that, keep that handy. Okay, I want to now invite you to stand for the reading of the word. It comes from Colossians chapter 1. Oh, there's my glasses. Okay. All right, here we go. This is from Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus, by the will of God, and Timothy, our brother, to God's holy people in Colossae, the faithful brothers and sisters in Christ. Grace and peace to you from God our Father. We always thank God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, when we pray for you, because we have heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and of the love that you have for all God's people, the faith and love that spring from the hope stored up for you in heaven and about which you've already heard in the true message of the gospel that has come to you. In the same way, the gospel is bearing fruit and growing throughout the whole world, just as it has been doing among you since the day that we heard it and truly understood God's grace. You learned it from Epaphras, our dear fellow servant, who is a fellow minister of Christ on our behalf and who also told us of your love in the Spirit. And for this reason, since the day that we heard about you, we have not stopped praying for you. We continually ask God to fill you with the knowledge of his will through all the wisdom and understanding that the Spirit gives so that you may live a life worthy of the Lord and please him in every way, bearing fruit in every good work, growing in the knowledge of God, being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might 
so that you might have great endurance and patience and giving joyful thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of his holy people in the kingdom of light. For he has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the Son that he loves, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. Lord God, we just thank you for your word. We thank you for this encouraging word. We thank you for your rescue. Lord, right now we just open our hearts and our minds and our, our, our souls and our lives just all to you. We pray that you would encourage us, that you'd challenge us, that you'd be glorified in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Please be seated. I wonder how many of you uh, have ever felt discouragement. Anybody? Anybody? All right. Have you ever received a message, a email, a note from your neighbor or your boss that has left you feeling discouraged? Anybody? Left you feeling angry? Oh, I thought I'd get a bigger amen to that one, right? We receive in this life lots of discouragement, right? All kinds of discouraging message hit, uh, messages hit us, uh, things that just people that misunderstand us or people that find faults in us and they are quick to call it out. Show of hands, how many of you think of someone in your life who's quick to find faults? Yeah? Okay, now be careful because the person next to you might be raising their hand <laughs> because of you. Well, I don't know, hopefully not, hopefully not. But there's so many people that are so proficient at finding fault and so proficient at discouragement. And I got some, I got some um, advice early on in my ministry career as I was, as I was setting out. Uh, some folks told me, hey, listen, in your, in your life in ministry, you're going to encounter some discouragement. You're going to get some, all kinds of messages. You're going to take some bullets along the way. So what you need to do is you need to make an encouragement file, all right? And anything that you get that's remotely encouraging, you throw it in the file. And you save it up for those days in which you've absorbed a lot of the discouragement. And then you read it. And then you're encouraged. I want to introduce you to my encouragement file, okay? <laughs> I, I started this when I very first, uh, very first started off uh, in, in, in ministry of any, any kind, and, uh, and I just started adding stuff to it. And as I was thinking about this message, I, I went and kind of pulled out my encouragement file. I haven't looked at it in, in I think, probably several years, but um, I'm going through it. But I, I opened it up, and, uh, and I started going through. These are things in which notes that people have sent to me at different times that are encouraging. Now, you don't get this every day, you, you know, so you, you put it in a file, and over years, it kind of builds up. As I was reading through it, I realized about, about 50% of them are from Joy. So, so, <laughs> so thank you, Joy. All these different moments of my life, it's like, oh, look at that, she's there. That's my wife, by the way. Um, and, um, but also different people in my life. Um, you know, this one I found is from um, a couple, Daniel and Haley, uh, Joy and I did uh, marriage, premarital counseling for them, and, and they just wrote to us how, about how much that helped them and prepared them for marriage, and that was encouraging to find. 
This one here is from a guy named Paul Barrett. He's a, he uh, helped run Calvin Crest, a Christian camp, and he happened to be the one in charge the year that I started this horrible, horrible prank war that damaged a lot of property, and, uh, and uh, he let me stay uh, at the camp, and he wrote to me for years, actually, nurtured my faith, and he showed me grace, and this is one of the letters that he wrote to me back in 1993. And this one is from a, an older guy, maybe in his 90s, Peter Cunliffe, that wrote to me on the anniversary of a time that was really a, a hard moment for my life, and he's thinking about you, praying for you today. Mm. I get emotional thinking about this one's from my um, this one's from my grandma. Sent me birthday cards every year, and uh, this one, uh, you know, she she passed this last summer, and so I, I read this one and said, "Precious Matt." Maybe I shouldn't have picked this one, but <clears throat> said, "I'm so glad to have bragging rights to such a joyful you," mm, right? I got some of these ones from college. That are, these were something called encourageograms, okay? Uh, on these retreats that we would do with the college minister as part of, they would encourage you to kind of write little notes and you put them and then they kind of, they, they send them to put them in someone else's box and they kind of get to read or uh, encouragement. And I just see from some different guys who were kind of in my fraternity. I led a, a Bible study for fraternity guys and, and uh, they wrote to me things of ways in which I had impacted their, their life. And then, okay, here's the huge stack from Joy. And it just goes, you know, um, it, it just goes, it goes on. And, and, and when I read that, the encouragement file, I think, oh yeah, oh yeah. Oh yeah, okay, I'm loved. Um, ministry's worth it. There's, you know, some lives are impacted. And the more that I'm filled with encouragement and love and blessing, the more I'm restored and able to love other people. Did you know that loving on and encouraging other people empowers them to love on and encourage other people. They're just like we see in life and in social media, <laughs> negativity and criticism becomes this downward spiral, spiral, right? That just takes us to like darkness and despair. Love is contagious in the same way. And it empowers people to have this upward spiral. So in our scripture today, as an early leader, an early apostle of the church, Paul, is writing to encourage his brothers and sisters in Christ at this other city, he just begins with this deep level of encouragement. Now, what I want to encourage you to do is to take note of what we're about to read and let it inspire you to become an encourager. That's the goal for today. Sound good? All right, we're going to see, to see if we can inspire you and kind of um, give you some, a little bit of training, a little bit of experience in how can you deeply encourage someone in the same way that this early apostle encouraged the early church. And the goal would be that you could write something on that card. I'll, get, I'll kind of walk you through the process, so don't start yet, but write that, that would make it into somebody's encouragement file. Sound good? Okay, so here's what we're going to do. We're going to walk through... The first part we're going to walk through is, the, th is the, um, the thanksgiving that Paul gives. Now, I have some visual aids today. And the reason I'm doing that is uh, the Apostle Paul uh, likes really, really long sentences. If you've ever read that. But they, he writes what we would call in our own kind of English literature style, 
run-on sentences. But it was really popular in his day. Particularly, he came out of a very academic, uh, philosophical setting. And so it was really popular and stylistic to, to be able to write these extremely long and complex sentences in which this idea flows with this idea. It's so complicated that in English, in all of our translations, uh, we add a bunch of periods. So we take one of his sentences and we break it into maybe seven or eight sentences just so we can understand it, okay? So what I want to do, just so we, I want us to be able to just understand the core of it, is I'll just kind of put some basic notes on the board uh, that represent sort of a piece of what he writes. All right, so the first scripture that we're going to see here uh, is we see in verse 3. Let's call it uh, verse 3 on the board. We always thank God, the Father of Lord Jesus Christ, when we pray for you. So essentially, the base of his message is, this is uh, backed by popular demand, my handwriting. Okay. We, oh man. Okay, let me try that. Okay. We, there we go. Thank God for you. And I got some comments over from this area on, on that my handwriting last week uh, tilted down. Did I do it again? <laughs> okay. So the we here is who? The we is Paul and Timothy. Okay, what's up? Did I do something wrong? <laughs> okay. Okay. The we is Paul and Timothy. The you is the church that he's writing to. Uh, something that has, has taken place from our scripture last week where we're still kind of in the gospel of Jesus. Now there's church and there's churches, and there's fellowship, and they're communicating with each other, and they're encouraging each other, and he's simply observing. He's like, look, we, when we think about you, we just can't stop thanking God. You have become something in our life that when you come to our minds, we just can't help but thank God. Think about how that feels if someone was to say that of you, that, uh, that, that you are a cause. They just look at you and they smile. They say, wow, man, I'm praising God. And he, and he names it. He says, this is why. He says, the first one, because we've heard about your faith in Christ Jesus. That's in verse four. And so the first reason why is faith. We heard about your faith. You have come to believe and experience uh, what we were talking about last week, the thing that Jesus was talking about, about, about coming, being born again. You've been able to believe in that, and that makes us exciting, excited. And then the next piece, he says, is in verse four, continuing, it says, and also of the love that you have for all God's people, I see in you love. You're loving God's people. Some of your translations might say saints, but that's not talking about just, oh, the superstar Christians, Mother Teresa. All of us who have been born again, all of us who have been uh, uh, made into new life in Christ, we're all called the saints or the holy ones or the people of God. And they're seeing that these people are, are, are out of their faith, is spreading this love that they're showing in practical ways for other people. And then we see in verse five, this, that, that faith and that the love are springing out of something and they're springing out of the hope that's found in the gospel. Okay? So it says in the same way the gospel, oh wait, the, the, sorry, verse five, the faith and love that spring from the hope 
stored up for you in heaven about which you've already heard the true message of the gospel that has come to you. So the gospel that's come to you has produced this hope in you that results in faith and love. And there's one word that is used to describe all of this, and that word is fruit. So fruit is something that Jesus talked a lot about when he's talking about the kingdom. He's talking about that God had a vineyard and he wants essentially fruit, which is lives of love and of compassion and of righteousness. We see that sometimes there's a tree that doesn't have fruit and it gets kind of cursed and he's not trying to pick on trees. He's trying to do an object lesson of saying, I want to see your life fruit. He talks about, uh, about the vine. If you remain in me, you can bear much fruit. It's a very big theme for Jesus. And here we have the Apostle Paul saying that he sees fruit in these people. When I look at you, I see fruit in your life. And I know it's because you've encountered the gospel which bears fruit. The gospel which is bearing fruit all over the world, it's bearing fruit in you because it's put in you this hope now that you didn't used to have. And that hope is filling you with faith and with love. And it's just so evident that I see it and it causes me to rejoice and to thank you. I mean, to thank God for you. Do you follow that? And so if you, if you have an opportunity where you see somebody that appears to you to be quite fruity, you should tell them, right? So what I want to uh, invite you to do right now is to pull out this card that you got. And you see on this card, it says that scripture. In the same way, the gospel bearing fruit and growing throughout the whole world just as it has been doing among you. What I want to ask you to do, and by the way, does anybody need a card still? We can have the ushers come down. You guys all have one? Okay, fantastic. If you're... Um, at home, uh, what I want to encourage you to do, you can find a card or, hey, you can start composing an email or a text message to somebody and, and do it in that same way. Uh, we have a bunch of uh, youth in the room. Uh, uh, if you're a student, uh, probably if you're even under the age of 30, I want to introduce you to what this is. This is basically like, uh, this is like a text message made out of paper. Uh, it's cool. It's a new invention. Uh, it's a... Uh, uh, just been released. So this is a paper text message. Um, and so what we're going to do, uh, the top half, save the bottom half for something I'm going to lead you in in just a minute. But on the top half, I want to encourage you to think about a person in whom you see spiritual fruit. Maybe, maybe they're just a shining example to you. Maybe, maybe it's a new, a new believer who you just see, you know what, some new things are coming in them. Or just someone to whom you think, you know what, I see in this one person, I see some actual real spiritual fruit that causes me to thank God. And, 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 uh, and we're gonna write that and we're gonna just uh, essentially model on this, say, hey, I'm thanking God for you. Here's this fruit I see in you. If you need some help on how to open it, you could say something like this. Dear Joe, uh, my pastor encouraged me to write a note to someone uh, that seems to me to be very fruity and I thought of you or... <laughs> Right? Oh, well, you know what I mean. <laughs> okay. Very, 
very, uh, you know, I, I was thinking about, about who in this life inspires me with, with the, their spiritual life. And, you know, you, you just came to mind. Uh, and so I just want to tell you about that. Does that make sense? Okay, so, uh, so let's take a couple minutes and just uh, write to somebody on that top half, saving the bottom half for later, and tell them about the spiritual fruit you see in their life. Okay, pencils down. <laughs> okay, hey, it's okay if you didn't finish that part. You can take it home and you're gonna have a chance, you know, at home you can kind of finish that top half, which is the affirmation, the encouragement. I wanna introduce you to the second part of it. Uh, so Paul, as he's writing, he goes on past the encouragement and he actually uh, sends them a prayer that he is praying for them. Now, I have uh, uh, less people that do this in my life, but some people will actually write to me and say, hey, uh, this is the prayer that I'm praying for you. In particular, uh, when I was uh, living in Ghana, it was a super difficult, uh, challenging period of my life. I had a group of men that were friends of mine, mentors, uh, that I wrote to as kind of just my, my prayer team. And sometimes I'd write them just desperate, like, oh my gosh, this is going crazy. I'm in trouble, you know, and just ask them to, to pray for me and get little notes back saying, okay, we're praying for you. You can do it, you know. But there was this one guy named Scott Agee uh, that had been my dear friend at my church in Davis for so long. And he would uh, take time to write out a really thoughtful prayer for me. And he'd pray it and then he'd send it to me and say, hey, this is what I prayed for you today. And uh, these were really profound for me. I want to just read you one of them. This was uh, a moment in which uh, we had hit a bunch of unforeseen expenses. And so what we had raised and budgeted uh, and then what the actual expenses were radically different because of uh, uh, medical costs. It's just some change in the international taxes, uh, currency conversion, all this complicated stuff happened and just blew, our, blew us out of the water. And I was just really afraid of like... I can't, I don't know how to, I don't know how I'm going to, how am I going to survive this mission financially based on these things that have happened? I was super stressed out and I wrote to my prayer team and, and this is what uh, my friend Scott wrote as a prayer and then sent to me. He said, Father, I hear my brother's frustration, a feeling of shame and a squirming under the burden of the cost. Jesus, in the Good Samaritan story, you told the Samaritan left a blank checkbook with the innkeeper, in essence. We don't see his reaction, what his reaction was when we returned. And the innkeeper told him the final cost. Well, the final cost of going to Ghana has been revealed and it is rocking my brother to the core. So I ask on his behalf this morning that you strengthen him in his innermost being through your Holy Spirit in proportion to the riches of your glory so that Christ will dwell in Matt's heart today through faith. So it's, just a, it's not done yet, but it's just a fascinating thing that his first prayer wasn't, hey God, you know, help him pay his bills. <laughs> you know, it was strengthen him. Let him be who he needs to be in this moment, right? May Matt's shield of faith be enlarged to ward off the flaming arrows of discouragement sent by the enemy. May you cause good to come out of a financial situation, perhaps even showing a pathway where it could be paid out over time or reduced somehow. Bring advisors into Matt's life to provide expert guidance. May it be so in Jesus' powerful name. Amen. Right. It was so encouraging. Like 
to, to receive this. I'm like, oh, wow, like I'm, 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 I know that he's praying for me because I actually can, can see it. I can read these words. I, um, I'm, I'm kind of growing in my own prayer life and being challenged, what can I pray for? And it's just so uh, enriching. That's essentially what Paul is doing uh, through this letter, the next piece, in which he actually uh, is telling the recipients of the message what he is praying for them. So let's uh, pull up verse 9. It says, For this reason, since the day we heard about you, we have not stopped praying for you. We continually ask God. So I'm going to, another illustration here just to show us. Uh, okay, prayer. Okay. So part of the encouragement that I'm writing to you, okay, I've named the fruit, now I'm offering this prayer for you. Now what is he praying for? What is he asking for? Well, the rest of verse nine tells us. To fill you with knowledge of his will through all the wisdom and understanding that the Spirit gives. I'm, I recognizing the fruit in your life, I'm offering a prayer for you that God is gonna fill you with knowledge, with wisdom, with being able to be led by the Spirit. Now, what's the result of that going to be? In verse 10, we see the result of the knowledge. It says, so that you may live a life worthy of the Lord and please him in every way. That you may live a life worthy of the Lord. Now, it doesn't mean a perfect life. It doesn't mean a sinless life. It doesn't mean, oh, they achieved none of those things. But it's a life that honors Jesus, that honors the call in our life, a life that, 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 uh, that, that just really pleases the Lord. Now, what does that look like? I'm praying for this knowledge to come in and lead you to not just knowing, but also your actions are changed. And what does that look like? Fruit. It looks like fruit. And he names the fruit that he longs for in their life. The first fruit, this is a beautiful looking orange, is it not? The first fruit uh, in their lives that he names is good works. Not good works to earn your salvation, but good works that just flow out of the knowledge of all that God has done for us. Now, I think I have a little, oh, here we go. I need this. Okay. All right. So the, the fruit, Lord help me. Okay. The fruit is uh, of the good works in our life is built on this tower of things to come. Okay. What's the next piece that he prays for? Uh, and you, that you continue to grow in more knowledge. Let's use... Uh, Let's use an apple to represent knowledge, okay? So apple for the teacher, here we go. So there's good works, blessing other people. There's kind of a thirst to constantly grow in knowledge and wisdom. Okay, the next one, also that you're, you're, you're being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might, that you might have great endurance and patience, right? Like you're gonna persevere. Let's use, uh, let's use some grapes for that. Okay, so we've got, you guys all think I'm gonna fall. Okay, can you even see that? We can't, there's grapes up there and they're representing this joyfulness, this, uh, or they're, they're representing the strength, sorry, the strength and the power uh, that's gonna be accomplished in us. And then this last one here, 
The last piece of fruit, I'm going to say, we're going to use an Asian pear, okay? Or this one's technically a Korean pear. This is such a precious fruit that if you borrow it from your wife, you have to leave the little protective cover on uh, <laughs> because she plans to eat it later. Okay. All right. There we go. And that represents, in verse 12, this joyful thankfulness because he's qualified us to share in the inheritance of the saints and it just leaves us joyful and grateful. So you put it all together and he's saying, I see fruit in you. I see hope and love and faith and I'm praising God and that has inspired me to offer a prayer for you. I'm offering the prayer that you grow in knowledge and wisdom and be led by the spirit so that your life is gonna just keep bursting with living uh, a life that, that honors the calling in your life and pleases God. And the way to do that is by this fruit, this fruit of loving people with good deeds, the fruit of constantly seeking to grow in knowledge and wisdom, the, the, the fruit of having your character shaped and strengthened with God's power for endurance and patience. And finally, that you, the last piece of fruit there, is a joyful thankfulness, which is how the whole thing began, Right? We thank God for you and the end result of all of this, that you are joyfully praising God like we are. And then the final piece is he reminds us, where does it all come from? It's not ultimately rooted in the power of the prayer. Ultimately, it's rooted in the power of God, which is the actual foundation, which is God's rescue. They remind us of that in verse 13. For he has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the son he loves in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. Not because of our effort or because of our prayers, but the ultimate root of it is Jesus came and Jesus loved you. Jesus gave his life and Jesus carried out this rescue operation that you don't have to live in the dominion of darkness anymore. You live in the kingdom of God, the kingdom of light. And on that foundation, I pray that you grow in knowledge to live a worthy life full of fruits. Amen. I wanna encourage you right now to put something like that on the bottom half. So the top half is, oh my gosh, I see God working in you. It's so encouraging, I'm praising God. And the bottom half is, hey, I was inspired today to write a prayer for you and here's what, I, here's what I'm praying for you. And you can draw on what Paul wrote here for the top half, draw on what Paul wrote here for the bottom half. And I'm gonna give you some more time right now to write that. But I'm gonna give you some kind of instructions before we, we get going with that. Uh, we're going to just have, uh, Todd's going to come out. He's going to kind of play some uh, music as we're, as we're writing there. Uh, and at the end, he, uh, he's going to actually sing a benediction over us, uh, a blessing over us. Instead of me coming up and saying it, he's going to sing it over us. Uh, after that, we have a prayer team that's going to be right up here, and they will pray for you about absolutely anything, and they'll keep it confidential. So anything on your, on your heart or life, you can come up. Prayer team's going to be here. They will absolutely pray for you. You can go home, you can finish writing this. And then I want to actually encourage you to give it to the person. <laughs> See if it encourages them, makes it in their encouragement file because I'm telling you, people need it. Sound good? All right, let's take some time to keep writing.
go in peace and encourage the world.